Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
Father, we just praise you for all the hard trials and tribulations and difficulties and testing and refining and and progress. And we praise you for progress, especially, Father, when we have it. And we pray for perseverance and strength when we don't have it. We, Father, let us never give up. We pray that you will teach us to be able to endure the most fantastic challenges. Because certainly it appears that we, even even if we're hopeful to maybe be chosen as part of uh, the first watch in the barley harvest, that's surely what we would want the most. Um, it surely does without any, I mean, it, I don't even know how to put it into words, except that every indicator on a worldwide basis, every scripture, uh, every prophecy, every dream, every vision that that we've been presented with that was something that I felt worth capturing and saving over 11 years, it appears that uh, those things are coming to pass. And um, things are ramping up and, and getting even more intense on a daily basis. And um, the vast majority of folks are just not seeing it. And it's it, it's so supportive of the scripture. It's it's just astonishing. It's astonishing, and we praise you, Father, because oh my gosh, how how easily it could have been that we would have been part of those believers that, for whatever reason, were caught unaware. But not, you know, not so, it's not so, you know, as long as you're walking in holiness and righteousness, that's not, you know, being caught unaware isn't such a bad thing. But if you're not, if there's anything that needs to be corrected, and then, oh my gosh, the ramifications, there's so many ramifications, they're huge. Father, we just want to praise you and thank you for the time that we have now to be able to make changes in our lives, to be able to be tested, to be able to be refined, to be able to you know, be taught things, um, whether, but, but also put effort forth on our own part to make adjustments to our lives and our routines and our behaviors and our choices so that we are able to better align ourselves with your will and supremely stupefying, really hard to put into words to, to comprehend the magnitude, the the size, the humongousness, there just isn't a word, of the blessing that's associated with being able to see things in the way that you've been blessed us, but also to keep our hearts humble and to realize that the journey may only, well, it, there could be years left of the journey. There could, the darkness that so, that, Millions, billions of people across the world are not even aware of because they're so busy trying to feed themselves, trying to figure out how they're going to manage, you know, even, you know, the, the hyperinflation that's been really taking place now an awful long time, even long before, you know, just the, the hyperinflation in this country has, and I would assume in other countries as well, has been taking place for like a decade. But most people don't remember, you know, that you could buy a gigantic jar of peanut butter 
10 years ago for a buck 50, you know, and, and, but, you know, and then, then we went through 10 years, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We went through like 10 years of degradation, everything getting smaller and smaller and smaller, smaller, smaller prices sneaking up, but we we're so busy looking at, you know, we're, it, Oh my gosh, what a journey. And to imagine how much closer we are, to leaving, but also to imagine the work that we still have ahead of us and to be able to accept it with grace. That's the trick. That's the the challenge. That's the challenge. Are we able, praise you, Father, thank you, Jesus, are we able to come to a place in, in this crazy world, in our walk, and the things that are beating down on us on a daily basis, the, we can say trials and tribulations, sure. Amen. But they're all, it's almost like a custom package of ugly that each one of us have to deal with. And it, and it, it's fascinating because it doesn't, you know, when you overcome one thing, there's something waiting to try you again. It's completely different. But it tests you in another way. It's an amazing journey. Very hard. We praise you for it, Father. We thank you especially for the times when we're able to look back at ourselves. Father, I praise you for the incredible challenge associated with even keeping the radio show working at all. The collapse of the shelf, the equipment... (laughs) literally moments before the radio shows. I mean, 30 minutes before the radio show was supposed to start. Well, actually 45. Things just falling apart. Shelves shelves breaking free from drywall. (laughs) Equipment falling over. Oh, my gosh. Praise you, Jesus. But yet at the same time, I praise you, Father, for my testimony, and that is that um, I didn't flip out. I didn't get upset. I didn't cancel the show. I didn't get frustrated. I mean, it it was not good on a huge scale. I mean, a colossal, very bad, super ultra bad thing where I thought the radio show was going to be down for our potentially weeks. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It wasn't that bad. Um, but yeah, it's bad enough. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh my gosh. Um, and I just, I just want to say, Father, thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name that each and every one of us that have had even a small victory in our walk, that we remember and praise you, Father, for that. That we are highly spiritually sensitive and acute in our spiritual sensitivities to realize that we are in a time, in a very dark time. We see virtually, absolutely every single, every single thing in the Olivet Discourse. Every single thing that Jesus said all the bad things that he warned his disciples and apostles about. Every single thing is happening now. Every single thing without 
I mean, beyond any shadow of a doubt. And anyone who doesn't understand it clearly doesn't understand their Bible, has been deceived by some seven mountains, something or another, or whatever, or, or perhaps churchianity. Father, I want to praise you for the encounter that I had with a family member that went very poorly. Um, and uh, I, I want to thank you for that because it really helped me to understand the magnitude of the ignorance of churchianity and where they are today. In fact, unwilling to hear, truly unwilling to hear. As a matter of fact, almost to the point of being angry and wanting to fight about it. It's amazing. And I praise you, Father, for that exposure. It's very sobering. It, a lot of things are very sobering. The news, Father, about the, about the, um, the attacks on the churches. The overt, oh, highly, highly overt, I mean, graffiti, um, direct attempts of violence against church buildings on account of the leak of the the Supreme Court leak on, you know, the potential of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Was that leak on purpose? Oh, praise you, Jesus, we know it was. We know it was. Yeah. Where did the leak come from? Hmm. It's interesting. Praise you, Father. So now we have the, beyond any shadow of a doubt, no questions in our hearts. No, there should not be. But we have the quintessential setup and establishment of the persecution of the church and the Christians, even in the United States of Babylon the Great. That is amazing. It's like to most, to, to, um, to Father, to American, we praise you, I mean, and you're awesome, and we thank you, but to, as, you know, to American Christians, it's unthinkable. In fact, most of them don't even think that they're really going, to, they're even eligible to go through persecution because they feel like because we're supportive of Israel, we are some, somehow set apart and privileged. And it's a complete opposite. You are an awesome Father. You are an awesome God. You are incredibly merciful. I am undeserving. I am true, and I mean that, and you know I do. I am utterly not deserving. Not at all. Of your mercy, your kindness, your patience, your continuous testing, allowing me to go through years, really, of a Job problem. been a far, far more egregiously difficult journey than I ever imagined it would be. I couldn't even, there's no, there isn't a wild, the wildest, no way, not even possible. And Father, I just want to praise your name and thank you. And I pray, Father, um, I pray that uh, Sister Vera will uh, respond to my text message and let me know if the audio is even coming over the program right now, given the fact that my shelf collapsed. Uh, She seems to have disappeared. And, oh, Father, we just give you all the glory. And um, we're just going to proceed out of faith and hope. I've I've actually done... uh, Father, we just praise you. We thank you. And to the listeners, um, I would mention that I've even done entire radio shows 
when the audio wasn't working. Two and a half, three hour long audio shows. Can you imagine that? Talking in a microphone, hours, and then realize that the audio wasn't working at all, <laughs> but didn't find out until the next day. Kind of like what's happening right now. I, I have no idea if there's any audio coming out. Praise God. And Vera isn't texting, so that's, she said she would, but she's not. All right, she kind of, sort of. So she said she was going to be real busy and she wouldn't be able to stay, but she's been doing a wonderful job, praise Jesus, con- confirming audio. But I I don't see anything from her. So um, it looks like she's just not going to do it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I really need an audio confirmation, um, but I'm not getting it. So thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you for your trials and tribulations, Father God. We praise you for the difficulties that we have. We praise you for even when people that we count on are just not available. And we all have to become used to that, become used to it. Because um, it's just the way things are going to be as we progress forward. We're going to get harder, not easier. Praise you, Jesus. Hold on a second. I need to confirm. All right, praise God. I, I, I'm desperately trying to get in touch with Vera, and, you know, it's almost like it looks like she's getting my text messages, but she's not responding. And I'm like, okay, this is really, really weird. So anyway, if this, if the, uh, the collapse of the shelf and all of the wiring problems and the challenges that I had prior to the show starting, and the list is very large. Um, if all those things uh, were by design, you know, or could they, could they have been attacked from, from Satan? Yes, it could. Um, yeah, and Vera's not answering at all. So I have absolutely no confirmation whatsoever that I'm on the program at all. None. Thank you, Jesus. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at the call docs, and it looks like I've got nothing. So I am not even sure. I will try... Um, audio is great. I can hear you great, says Brother Brian. Debbie Walker is sending me an email. Vera Benny sends me an email, but not a text message. How fantastically unusual and weird. All right. Well, um, I have, thank you, Jesus. I've got another. Uh, okay, so praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for the believers that have, um, have been so kind to give me some feedback. Um, it, it's a little bit more unusual um, method than we normally employ. <laughs> and given the fact that the shelf collapsed and I lost a bunch of wiring and I have no studio monitors, which means that I, if I leave the desk for any reason, even while music is playing, I'm not able to hear <laughs> because the only sound that's available is the sound that's coming through the, my headphones. <laughs> So everything's like breaking like crazy. So I'm like sitting here wondering, am I talking to a uh, anything? <laughs> so God bless every single one of you that sent me an email. Really appreciate that. It really helps a lot uh, because Krim uh, talking in a microphone, wondering if anything's happening is very, very hard. And uh, people are getting older. You know, a lot of the people that used to, I've had, uh, and I'm just sharing a little testimony, and Father, just praise your name, but I'm just sharing a little bit of a testimony, Uh, but uh, hold on a second. So Vera is saying, don't know what's going on, sound is great, but Hangouts is, 
And then she says, oh, 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 which, of course, I don't have any idea what the oh, that must be a Canada thing. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, and I've got to go to, i got to fly to Atlanta, Monday. Please pray. Please, please remember me in prayer. I haven't traveled for over a year. And there's mass confusion. Oh, my gosh. And the airlines, boy, what a mess. But they don't care. My my workplace, we, I know it's very hard to understand and, and to embrace this and to, you know to get it, but um, there are four. They call them the Big Four, but it's actually the Big Five, I think. But they still refer to them as the Big Four: KPMG, Price Waterhouse Coopers, now Accenture, which used to be Anderson Consulting. I used to work in Anderson Consulting back in the nineties. Uh, Deloitte and Ernst & Young. Now, of course, you have IBM Global Services, but they don't really fit into that classification. And I guess they don't really consider Accenture part of the big four, probably because they dropped the accounting practice, which blah, 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 whatever. But anyway, um, unless you work for one of those companies, you would never understand. You, you just wouldn't. You wouldn't. But if you have, you definitely understand. It's very, very weird, and I'm not going to waste any more time talking about it. But it's very strange. As a matter of fact, we even have a sound effect that captures what it's like to work for one of those companies. It's kind of like this. Okay. You probably think I'm joking, but I'm not. They actually, for an undeterminable period of decades, have made their practice to hire people directly out of college when they're young and impressionable and teach them to become clones. And you're really surrounded by mind control clones everywhere. It's the creepiest thing you could ever imagine. But Anyway, I'm not going to go there. Just, my company's turning into that. <laughs> and they actually want to. That's the amazingly crazy thing about it. Praise God. So thank you all, every one of you. I praise Jesus for you. I praise God more than I can ever express for even the smallest mention in prayer because I believe with all of my heart. And I'm going to share with you a scripture. And then we'll get back on track. I like to deviate sometimes a little bit in the prayer vigil because the original promise of the prayer vigil was to dis- not to just do a, an absolutely predictable routine. And there for a while it was. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the original promise of the prayer vigil was also to share you know, mysteries and scriptural astonishment, you know, things like, wow, I can't believe the Lord just showed me that kind of thing, you know. And um, because we should be that excited about the scripture, particularly because, particularly because we're the very few that have ventured past the doors of churchianity have been so blessed to 
have our Heavenly Father reveal, you know, I, I will oftentimes just say mysteries, but if you were to categorize the many mysteries of the Bible that the Lord has revealed to tribulation now. Now, I don't even know about any other shows. I don't listen to any other shows. The I don't know if you want to call it an agreement. I, I don't know. But um, one agreement that I have with the Father, and I've told him so, and I've never felt any pushback at all, um, was that I would never take tithes. And that um, as long as he kept me working, um, then I would keep doing the program. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I wasn't telling the Father that I wouldn't struggle to keep doing the program. You know, it wasn't like, I quit, you know, if I lose my job. It wasn't what my intent with the Lord. I was just letting him know that I will show up for work. Praise Jesus as much, you know. doesn't mean that I won't sometimes go on vacation. It won't. doesn't mean that my work won't make me travel sometimes like it's going to next week. And Wednesday's show will have to be a best of show. I don't have a choice. No, no income equals, you know, how do I pay blog talk radio? How do I pay for all the web services and all the things, you know, GoDaddy stuff and the, it's, it costs money, you know? So, and I, I just, you know, and the Lord and I have just, it's, it says in Ezekiel 34, it says, you know, that God's going to punish those who feed themselves off of the people, take tithes and offerings. So he's going to punish them. Now, but but only because they don't feed the sheep. Okay, that's in Ezekiel 34. And by the way, that applies directly to me. That applies to anybody out there who has any kind of a microphone. Okay, you know, Jesus said, he who puts his hands into the pile and looks back is unfit for, unfit for the kingdom. You know, that's pretty scary stuff, right? Amen. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. The Lord has never said anything about, you know, um, no, I, you know, I mean, perfect in your understanding of everything. That that that. Thank, thank you, Jesus. That's not. We don't get punished for being, you know, unable to receive it. Jesus was very gentle and kind and said, "If you can receive it, John the Baptist is Elijah. If you can receive it, I can receive it just fine. I completely understand that. But that requires an understanding of." The concept of incarnation and being a spirit being and predestination and uh, our Heavenly Father knowing us and Jesus knowing us before the foundations of the earth and not as spirit babies floating around in little bubbles is <laughs> much, much, much bigger than that. But that revelation took years and it took confirmations, lots of confirmation, because whenever you uncover, praise Jesus, oh my goodness, let me tell you something, folks. Praise God. But this is for real. I, I promise you this is absolutely for as real as it gets. The more you start, to, the more the Lord starts to reveal the big mysteries. And there's little mysteries and there's big ones. And the bigger they get, the more you're going to come under attack. And most of your attacks are going to be coming from, or at least they believe that they are, and I'm not saying they're going to hell, but we also understand glory to God because God has been so merciful through his imparting his supernatural wisdom and understanding on this program. I, it may, hey, it might be thousands of other programs for all of I know. All I know is that 
I feel so passionately and powerfully led in the spirit, and it has to be of the spirit because I can't think of how other – I don't think it's the flesh telling me this. I really don't. It, it, it's got to be coming from somewhere. And I feel so powerfully led, praise God, to avoid – and how weird. This is weird too, by the way. This is very unusual. And that is to not listen at all, ever, to another Bible teacher, preacher, pastor, ever again. Because I got to a place in my walk where when I did, it took away from the gifts that God has given me. They would be preaching something, and in their dialogue, they would say something that I knew wasn't true. And then the devil would use that as a, a way to say to me, look, you know, that's a, that's a well-known, everybody loves that guy. He's, you know, wonderful and blessed and anointed, and you don't believe that. And the devil would use it as a tactic to, to rob me of the blessing that the Lord had already given me. Because the devil will do everything he can to make you question the gift of a mystery. Because the devil does not want you to know who you are. His greatest fear, indeed, if he has any, I sometimes I get, I feel that his arrogance is so beyond our comprehension that I just don't perceive him the way that some people do. And I mean advanced thinkers and advanced people that understand very advanced concepts. Um, and also, I don't agree with everything that Lauren Peterson believes. I love him to pieces, and he's taught me a lot of amazing things. But I don't agree with everything, but I let him go on and share what he thinks and feels, and that's fine. I mean, that's kind of like iron sharpens iron, right? We don't know. There's a lot of things we don't know. So, But, but it's kind of cool to investigate the possibilities, and to know that you're not going to be punished for doing that, providing that you don't do things that are heretical, which are, by the Bible's, excuse me, definitions, is anything that deviates from the good news of Jesus dying on the cross and being risen again in three days later. I mean, really, you dork around with that principle, and you're in, well, you're in trouble. Like Paul, the, the ones that were dorking around with that principle, Paul, you know, at the Church of Corinth, Paul turned them over to Satan for the destru- destruction of the flesh so that they could ultimately give their lives to the Lord. What's that mean? What Paul was doing was basically giving them to Satan to make them exceedingly sick, probably with some kind of cancer or something really, really deadly and painful, so that they cried out to God and said, whatever I've done to offend thee, you know, that kind of thing. So Paul's Paul's um, Paul's turning them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh was an act of love. Imagine that, an act of purity, and that you know to the pure all things are pure. Titus one fifteen. Amen. Right. But see, it's so hard for people to reconcile that. I I, I, I admonish anyone who wants to do a test. Go up and ask your preacher if you're still going to church, which blows my mind. And I understand because a lot of us desire fellowship, even if we know we can't share some of the things that the Lord has shown shown to us. Many of us won't touch it with a 10-foot pole for probably really good reasons. And I understand those. I'm in a similar boat. And, and, um, oh, gosh, I wish I had the little quote. 
But um, there's a quote that I have. You know, I put godly quotes on my phone, praise Jesus, because the Lord speaks through me through them, because the timing is impossible. And one of them says, you're not alone because, you know, I, I got to paraphrase it. I wish I, I wish I had it in front of me, but it basically says something like, you're not alone because, you know, of this, that, or the other thing. You're alone because God has separated you from people that would hold you back. It actually says that. It's like a meme. And I have like uh, I collect those kinds of memes, and I um, I have for well, like forever. So I have probably a thousand of them or more, probably a thousand. And um, I rotate them on a photo slide viewer on my cellular phone on its own dedicated page. Well, almost dedicated. But anyway, my point is that the Lord speaks to me through that. I have uh, just I'm sharing these things with you because they may help you too. They may bless you, and that's why this program exists. It's not so I can be an Ezekiel 34 shepherd. You know, when I, for example, that's why I, I don't want to take ties. I don't want anything to do with any of that. I I, I don't want to be labeled, a, especially nowadays, a preacher or pastor or anything. I don't want that label. Forget that noise. I know people recall, you know, they email me and they say, Pastor Johnny. And I'm like, where'd you get that? <laughs> now, there was a time, there was a time back in the early days where so many people were calling me that. I was like, well, I don't know, maybe I am. But, you know, you learn things and your wisdom grows over time. And it's just lines upon lines, precepts upon precepts, here a little, there a little. Time to learn all those things. And you can't, um, you can't learn them. No, it's not. It must be Ezekiel 48. Let me try 48. I think it's 48. Ezekiel 48. Ah, I hit the wrong button. Doggone it. Thank you, Jesus. Nope. Nope. Okay, so I'm going to have to... Wow, it's been so long since I've actually looked up this particular scripture that um, that I... I okay, it's uh, judgment on the... Oh, know where I may have, may have gone. Shepherds. Bible. 34. Ezekiel 34. Yeah, I was just flat off. I was way off. A long time since I read this. It kind of creeps me out. It, 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 there are certain parts of the Bible that are so... Um, I think of myself. I put myself in that position, which we should do. And then I, it, 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 I can't sleep. I can't sleep because I'm like, am I doing everything okay? Did I mess up this? What what happens if I bring on a guest that starts talking about something they shouldn't bring on? Am I tripping up a fellow brother? How responsible am I going to be held? What, what's going to happen to me? How many how many rewards have I lost because I made that mistake? I mean, what am I going to? Oh my gosh, you know, and that's that's how, you know. So sometimes I just there are certain scriptures that. So this is Ezekiel 34. This is talking about. Anybody who grabs a mic. And you're like, what do you mean anybody who grabs a mic? Well, who's a shepherd? So if a person goes on YouTube and they think they know Jesus and they say things they should not say because they have iniquity in their heart. Iniquity, 
I was asked by uh, one of the listeners and a, and a powerful believer, and uh, if you feel led, you can lift her up in prayer for healing because she's, she's being healed. So the healing's in progress. Praise God. Her name is Susan. She's awesome. See, here's the thing. I always, always set aside special time for prayer for any, anyone who's like retired or in a place where they can pray more than those of us who are, you know, stuck in the workplace and such an evil time on the earth. Um, you know, I, I, I pray extra for them because we need that prayer warrior. We, we need every one of them. We need them now more than ever before. So if you've got a great-grandmother or whatever or somebody that's, that you know prays a lot, man, just pray for their health. Pray, 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 pray. Because, you know, we need them. We need them now more than ever. Anybody who's in a retired position that isn't spending a very large part of their day praying is really missing out on fantastic rewards in heaven, but they don't realize it. Because that's what God needs more than anything is prayer. But anyway, um, so just to share with you, I don't know why I feel led. And I, I'll get back on track maybe. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know what it is. But I just feel pulled to the word right now. Thank you, Father. Praise your, praise your name. But look at this. I'm just so, I, I don't know. It's like a... An, a double portion of hungry for the word right now. But look, it's a, and maybe it's because, I don't know. You know the word is Jesus, right? <laughs> you know that when Jesus came back on that, uh, you know when he, when he came back from the, uh, got together with the, uh, the apostles after, um, after he rose from the dead and everything. And they were like, you know, having a hard time believing it was him and all that which I assume and estimate is because he was glorified, partially glorified, because you can actually be in the flesh as he was. You know, he, that's why he ate in front of them, because he knew they were seeing him in a glorified flesh body. There is a such thing as a glorified flesh body. As a matter of fact, we had uh, multiple times we had a guest on the show. She was absolutely wonderful. Her name was Love, you may remember, Loveness Nankamba. And we, I'd like to have her back on again. I got to ask Nancy to try to get her. Nancy's under a lot of attack. Everybody that aff affiliates themselves with this program, <laughs> I am not kidding you, folks. Praise Jesus! Every single person who volunteers to help out this program comes under massive attack. Okay, so of course, you know, if they are helping, I'm praying fervently for them. Um, thank you, Jesus, because, uh, you know, it's just it's what happens when you get into the public, en you know, the Satan's public en enemy number one camp. Hallelujah. That's, that's uh, you know, this works that way. But anyway, let me send this real quick to Nancy. Please invite I -N I'm really having a hard time typing. It's been a hard day. Please invite Love Ness Man Comba back. All right, I'm going to send this. And I got to CC myself because Nancy's so slammed. The devil is just eating her lunch and popping the bag. But she's learning things, which is awesome. Praise God. That's And the funny thing is she was going through the same she was under such you can't even I I can't even tell you what the attack was. 
and it was a, it was a cascading attack, and it was so severe that words you you would be just like no way, kind of like some of the stuff I've gone, but only different, customized just for her. But anyway, um, and I was in you know and uh, you know you for those of you who listen to the regular show, praise Jesus, you understand the powerful and mighty confirmed revelation from the Lord about getting on the boat and being happy that you're on the boat and helping pull more people on the boat using the war of the worlds thing and that impossible act of God in my home to confirm that what I was sharing with people was exactly what I needed to be sharing with people. That is impossible. It's utterly impossible. And I have even had people ask me for photographs of the, of me taking pictures of the TV and everything. And I sent them just to bless them. Because it's one thing to hear a testimony. It's another thing to see see the testimony, or at least, you know, pieces of it and everything. Praise God. So anyway, in Ezekiel 34, it says, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them. Now stop. Now, if I had gone to Bible college, and the Lord stopped it. He didn't want me. That's then the Lord also has brought me to a place where I'm not to listen to any other teachers or preachers. I got. I came in my research over the last eleven years, and I don't want this to sound puffed up because believe you me, it is not. It is spoken out of fear of God, legitimate, unadulterated, total fear of being cast in the hellfire. Now. It's this this stuff that Christians come up with. Oh, fear of God is really a, it's a type of an awe. It just means that you're awed by God. And I'm like, look, you obviously have no command of the English language whatsoever because you would realize that the word awe is completely unrelated to the word fear. But you know, what? Who am I, right? So anyway, you just you just eat your humble pie and go away sad. You do what Paul said. He said, and we entreat. See, in that little, in that scripture where Paul goes, you know, you guys are, you guys are well fed and we are really poor. You know, you guys are dressed in good clothes and we're in dirty clothes. You know, he's like comparing the apostles journey to the people in the church of Corinth, helping them to understand the, you know, the difference of a total sacrifice for Jesus versus their how blessed they are, and the contrast. And as part of that dialogue, Paul ends it, you know, one of the last things he says, and we are, and we are, I don't know if he says challenged or whatever the word, but basically uh, what he meant was that people come after him and say, no, 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 that's not how it is. You know, this is the way it is. And then he says, but we entreat. It's the word he is, entreat. And the word entreat basically means, well, brother, you know, okay, but, um, you know, I can sort of show you some if you're willing. And not, no, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Well, when you entreat, it's a gentle, humble ask. It's very humble. And when they push back at you, you, you walk away. You entreat. You're humble. You just bow your head and step back. You don't throw your pearls before swine. And it's hard. It's really hard. Um, praise God. I, you know, people, 
want to believe what they want to believe. And it's all around us. And it's all right. It's okay. We just need to remember that we're on the boat. I don't want to just like beleaguer that point. I'm sure you've heard the story. I hope that you have. If you haven't, then um, you missed out on an incredible testimony. It was really amazing. But I don't want to take time to repeat that. But see here it says, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them. Now, if you were formally trained by the XYZ Bible Institute, you would say, oh, this is talking about Israel. Because the first thing they do is they, the, the vast majority, not all, not all, but the vast majority of well-funded Bible colleges and Bible, I won't mention names. I won't. Oh, my, my goodness, I could share with you things that would horrify you. Just horrify you. Horrify you. The Lord has exposed me to things that I just cannot repeat. A lot of them. But anyway, essentially, the concept of the vast majority of them, even including the Full Gospel Businessmen's Association, uh, even including some of the biggest Bible colleges that are the most well-known out there, they, uh, fun- the vast majority, but not all of them, are funded heavily by the Rockefeller Foundation, the Clinton Foundation, the uh, Gates and Melinda Foundation, the, you know, the, uh, the, um, the, John Birch Society, and it just goes on and on and on. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars. So here you are, a school administrator, and somebody comes in and says, Praise God, brother. Hallelujah for you. Thank you, Jesus. And he walks over with a suitcase, and it has $2 million in it. And you're the administrator. You're the, the dean of the college. Or whatever. And the person giving you the money looks like Christian you. <laughs> but they're an agent of Satan. And of course, they give you that money with a request. Here's $2 million, but I would really like it if you would do this. Oh, no problem. Let me go ahead and get, you know, with the curriculum advisors and we will, yes, sir, yes, sir, we will definitely do that for you. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. Hallelujah. You know, that's how it works. And it's been going on for like, what, 100 years? But real heavily since like, you know, early 60s. Um, But anyway... But the first thing they're going to tell you is that context is everything. So for anybody who has been formally trained or anybody who has been in churchianity for a long time and has listened to the preacher preach who was formally trained, and then when they're teaching, they teach that context is everything. People in the congregation go, oh, context is everything. And then they stay with that church because they love all of the believers and they become friends and they help each other and give each other hugs and snuggles and all that kind of happy stuff. But they've been improperly taught. They will never progress. They will never progress. They're stuck. Because it can't, well, they, you know, how could it be? After all, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will reveal all things to us. 
But yet, at the same time, are they even hearing from the Holy Spirit? At all. I mean, if you look at um, uh, the scripture, hold on just a second. Yeah, here it is. So you look at the scripture, it's, uh, let me think. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Help me, Lord. Think of it. So many. I believe it's Isaiah. I got to challenge myself. Isaiah. Um, and I believe, challenge yourself, Johnny. Is it 59 or is it 39? I'm going to have to cheat. I really have to commit this to memory because this one, it might be 59. I'm going to try 59. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. At least I'm not sitting here flipping through uh, pages of the Bible. <laughs> uh, hold on, brothers and sisters, while I flip for the next 25 minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 59. Aha. Bingo. Not Not bingo it, but... Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Isaiah 59. Committed to memory. Can you do that? Let me tell you why. This is huge. But I've preached this for a decade or more. I don't know. Probably. But check it out. So Isaiah 59, verse 2. You, I could read the lead up. I could read verse 1, but I'm going to go right for the punchline. Isaiah 59, verse 2. All you have to do is remember Isaiah 59. That's all you got to do. Isaiah 5, 9, 5, 9. Just that. And you know how you can remember it? Is Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 3, is where it talks about um, the three days of darkness and how there's a transformation that takes place. Is it a transformation of turning a flesh body into a glorified flesh body like Jesus had when he was sitting with the, with the apostles after he rose? And then he had to eat to prove to them that he wasn't like that he was human. Right. Well, they were looking at a glorified flesh body. Imagine that. And they were like, obviously having a very difficult time visually recognizing him. Okay, so, um, you know, it, that's what happens. You know, when, you, when you're in a flesh body and you go before the Father, and then you come back in a flesh body, especially if it's the flesh body that you had before, it's going to be glorified. It's like a residual, I don't know, I don't know. It's like that... Uh, it's kind of like a glorified aura of some kind. You you glow. You glow. You actually glow light. Because we're light beings. And you carry that glor glory. That's what it is, glory. That glory comes back with you in that flesh body when you come back. I know this. I've studied testimonies of people that have been taken to heaven for... Ten years, heavily, and had several of them on show as guests. Even Loveness Nankamba had, in her flesh body, had um, become translated to some degree into a glorified flesh body and scared, scared her husband so bad he ran down the road. Wouldn't come in the house. Uh, 
Um, praise God. So here in Isaiah 59, verse 2, it says, listen to this. But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. Wow. Well, one of the fervent listeners of the program, lift her up in prayer for healing. Her name is Susan. Praise Jesus. Um, She'll get the full healing. I know she will. Um, The uh, she she had mentioned. Well, you it would bless people to hear you speak about the difference between iniquity. First, first off, okay. So you see these words like trespasses, and then you see these words, the Greek and the Hebrew. Hebrew conjugation is so complex and. Let, let me just say that words cannot describe. And I, I, I get a, I, I don't mean to be condescending, and I certainly would never voice it, but I always kind of smile a little bit when I hear that somebody I know is studying Hebrew because I'm like thinking, well, if you didn't start when you were six years old, you got a long journey, buddy. <laughs> but anyway, and even the, the expert scholars, and I'm not going to mention any names, have a ton wrong. And my favorite Hebrew scholar, who was also a um, had a PhD in physics, which is the hardest degree in the world to get. There aren't, there's no harder, nothing harder. He was a Hebrew scholar on top of his PhD in physics, and let me tell you, what he saw in the Hebrew was so mind blowing. You would be like, you're kidding me. But he since. Uh, he, got, he was getting older and older, and he tried to talk me into coming up to Canada to hang out with him for a week. But I just didn't – my job was so demanding. I couldn't. But anyway, but your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face. Well, so I was – you know, what's the difference between a trespass? What's the difference between a sin? What's the difference between a sin and iniquity and all that kind of stuff? First, you have to kind of get that the – we have a problem. You know, what is it like? The Chinese language, doesn't it have like 600 characters or something like that? And ours has like 26, (laughs) which are now being painted on all of the military equipment by Russia. Oh, my gosh. So funny. Hallelujah. You know, you got to see the humor in unfortunate and sad situations. But anyway, um, you know, because we're not from here. We're on the boat. Praise his name. And we got we got. We do have work to do, but I I think we're going to get peace. I don't know why I'm feeling peace. I don't really have any reason to feel peace. Studio's falling apart. Shells are popping out of walls. Wires are disconnecting <laughs> minutes before I start, and I feel fine. I feel fine. You know, praise God. But anyway, so what's the difference between why does the Scripture sometimes say trespasses? Sometimes it uses the word healed, but the word really means to be delivered from sin, but it was mistranslated. See, the problem is Hebrew is so complicated to conjugate and to understand what the potential meanings, and it can mean lots of different things. I mean, when Jesus said jot or tittle, I mean, whoa, <laughs> that's, uh, that's saying a lot because those jots and tittles mean a lot. And you've got to really understand things because of the positioning of the text, the literal positioning of the text can completely alter and create multiple meanings 
So anyway, um, you got that problem. Hebrew does not translate into English. Period. Doesn't do it. Sorry. Give it your best shot. <laughs> uh, no, no, I know. Praise God. I am not going to. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, but no, it doesn't. It just doesn't. And so when you're when you become aware of that and you don't get trapped by theologians, churchianity, happy jumping up and down pastors telling you the context matters more than anything, which is a horrible thing to be stuck. That's a rut that you can't. Oh man, that's a that's not good. That's really bad because you'll never get the mysteries of the Bible. Never. You're stuck. Now, if somebody shows you a few things, maybe you wake up a little bit, but you'll be still stuck. I see it all the time, especially from my own family. But anyway, um, uh, so why – so first off, iniquity, trans, trans, trespasses, healing, all these different words that essentially mean sin. What's up with that? And then you've got the what's known as the Englishman's Concordance. And what that does is it allows you to look at that particular word in the um, scripture that it was used in. And it shows you every other place in the entire Bible where that exact word was used. And then but then oh, but then it becomes even more complicated because there's an assumption that the translators use, phrase Jesus, that is what they call the rule of first mention. Who made up that rule? It wasn't Jesus. It was man. Are we supposed to follow man? Or are we supposed to be good Bereans and search the scripture daily to see if it is so? Acts 17, 11. They were more nobler than the rest of them, the Bible says. be interesting to take a look at all the possible meanings of noble. I suspect that word may not have been picked very well either. Iniquity is I, I love the gun example. The most brilliant I, I thank you Jesus for it. I don't think I don't know, but but I love the gun example. Anybody who understands the love of Jesus and to carry your cross and understands the scripture clearly about why Jesus asked them to grab a couple of swords when there was thirteen of them. Which is ridiculous to think that they even carried swords or else he wouldn't ask them to go find a couple. And he's like, two is enough. Because all he's doing was it says right there, right there in Luke, it says right there, the very words are there, that he may be counted amongst the transgressors, which is a direct quote out of Isaiah when it's talking about Jesus. He was prophesied in Isaiah to be counted amongst the transgressors, so they needed to have extra stuff to pin, pin on him. It's part of the deal. It was a prophetic word. And he wanted to comply with it. That's why he healed when Peter did the Peter thing. I, I'm more like Peter than any of the rest of them, I guarantee it. <laughs> I'm very impetuous like Peter. And I would have done some dumb Peter thing. 
Jesus was like, no, 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 no. I mean, I can imagine, you know, the Bible doesn't tell you this, but I can imagine the look on Jesus' face when Peter did that. But anyway, it's so obvious. It's, I mean, even when Jesus was standing before Pontius Pilate, he said, it, you know, we are not from here. If, you know, he was being questioned about, you know, whether or not he was, you know, about the kingdom and whether or not, you know, are you the king, king and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and he said, if my kingdom was from here, my servants would fight. But my kingdom is not from here. Why did he say that? Are there wars in the universes still? Sort of like the early angel wars? Still? Why do they have to recreate a new heavens and a new earth when it gets destroyed? Hmm? I love these questions. I adore them. They make me gush and love our Father. I just, oh my gosh. Now, not maybe not everybody is, I don't know what the word would be. Maybe not everybody is so, like, see, to me, looking at the word and seeing mysteries just stitched together in an amazing way, it's so powerfully encouraging and so exciting and so, I mean, it's overwhelming. And when for me, it is. I can't say that it is for you. I don't know. But I can say that it is for me. And when I see that stuff, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And it breaks my heart when I know when I'll see like there'll be a, a person that I knew was, was a regular listener of the program. And they'll decide they're going to do a ministry via email. Everybody wants to be a watchman. So they'll all of a sudden I'll see somebody who I knew was a, a listener of the show year, perhaps years ago. And then they'll start sending out like email blasts and they stick my email in their little email blast. And then I see them telling everybody something that's wrong. But that's OK. Because I went through that journey myself. Praise God. It's a journey. And people get stuck. This one particular person was was trying to convince everybody with YouTube videos from Christians to support the concept that we're the only life in the entire universe. <laughs> Us. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, how small have you made our Heavenly Father? <laughs> you know, is there a symbol small enough? Maybe a thimble for the pinky of a two-year-old or two-month-old baby that you have smashed God down into to make that argument, to suggest that the earth is only 6,000 years old. When everything around you, everything you see, every indication, everything, you, you can't argue that away, but there are people out there that will do it. My Bible says, no, no, it does not. Your most unfortunate lacking understanding of the Bible says, but I went to blankety-blank Bible college, and I'm a Ph.D. You know, and I'm like, I had, um, there is, um, there's a brother in Christ who's really very, very good. He's Andrew Strom, and he's from, I think, New Zealand. And he sent out a, uh, I, I didn't want to read it on the show because I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings or anything. And it's not – there's 
biblical arguments that some of the claims inside the testimony that he included are not exactly true in all circumstances. So I was like, I appreciated the testimony. I really did. Um, and I, I totally get why the person did what he said, what he said and did what he did. And I completely get why Brother Andrew sent that out. But on the flip side of the coin, the, the, the Bible clearly does identify preachers and evangelists. It, it, it lists them. I think it's in Romans or something. But anyway, we can. I could look it up, but I'm not gonna. But anyway, um, so the, so the concept of of you know bishops and the organization of the church and um, it's in there. But in this particular email. It, this particular individual, I forget the person's name, was a Bible college trained theologian with a degree from Bible college. <laughs> and But he decided he was going to be a good Berean and read the Bible himself and not just believe everything he was told in school. And when he did, he realized that Jesus was the head of the church, John 15, 16. Jesus was the one that ordained not the church. And he, he, he flipped out. And he publicly denounced, publicly denounced his assignment, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, all of his degrees, all of his credentials given to him by the Bible college. Publicly denounced them. Kind of, it's, uh, there's others that have gone through similar moments, we'll just say. So iniquity, I like to use the gun thing because it's so controversial. Well, it's just, you know, here's the thing. I, if I talk to somebody in Australia, I don't have a problem. If I say, you know, Jesus would never shoot anybody, and a person in Australia will go, of course he wouldn't. If I say to a person in Belgium, you know, Jesus would never shoot anybody, they would say, of course he wouldn't. If I talk to most people in the United Kingdom, same thing. Of course he wouldn't. If I talk to somebody over in Africa, of course Jesus would never. No, of course, no. But you have to understand, that ain't the United States. See, everybody believes all the founding fathers were some really Jesus-worshipping, God-loving, you know, forget that, that they were Masons, Jacobins, some of the most evil men. <laughs> you know, if you really, truly, deeply understand the the the, the uh, foundational principles of belief systems that were associated with the founding fathers of the United States, you would have, a, you know, I, I, I get it. I understand. The only real Christians that came over, the only real ones, the true ones, were um, essentially the Puritans. As a matter of fact, during the um, Revolutionary War, the Puritans wouldn't even touch a weapon, not at all. Not, they wouldn't even come within a thousand yards of one. They had nothing to do with that. So, out of good conscience, they felt you know, that they you know, were compelled to contribute in whatever way they could. Within, you know, But they were pacifists, just like Jesus. Just like we are. We're not from here. We're, you know, Jesus' kingdom isn't from here. His servants do not fight for any reason. We carry our, we, we, you know, dying on earth, if we trained our children properly, we wouldn't be worried about our children at all. There would be no question. We wouldn't have to worry about defending ourselves because our kids would be perfectly okay with dying because they want to meet Jesus too. But we don't do that. 
Instead, we hold up amendments and say, I have a right to do this. Yeah, you also have a right for sodomy, but you don't, you know, what? what's up with that, man? Have you ever examined your heart? But they don't think. I don't understand it. I just don't get it. How can anybody think that that's okay? But I just don't, you know. I knew for years and years that it was not okay. But I prayed for a long time for the Lord to show it to me. And then when he did, I was like, I was just bawling. Whenever the Lord shows me a mystery in the Bible, praise Jesus, I, w- I bawl. I cry. One time I cry. One time he showed me some stuff. It was like three perfect words, uh, casting lots with a thesaurus, regarding how I prayed. He was admonishing me, and he was telling me the way that you pray is saving souls. But it took three casting of lots with uh, uh, a particular Roger thesaurus that only shows it's, it's one that I recommend people get off of eBay because uh, when, when you flip it open, it only has like four words visible on two pages. That's very helpful for, you, for the, spirit, the Spirit of God to show you which word God is trying to impart upon you when you're casting lots that way. So it's a brilliant way. I learned it from Jonathan Clegg. I'm not saying that Jonathan's perfect. None of us are perfect. None of us. Now, anyway, um, but um, so here's the thing. Greek has, here's a good example. So Greek has five words for love. Why would that be? Well, there are five different ways that we can love people. Now, I don't have the whole breakdown of, you know, and I'm not going to go there. You can do your own homework if you're curious. But yes, Greek has five different words for love. One of them is agape. But, you know, if you go to your spouse and say, um, you know, honey, I love you like a plate of spaghetti. (laughs) Okay. Doesn't work. And then you're then first Peter three seven, your prayers will be hindered. Because when a husband and wife are, you know, going through this your prayers are hindered. Which is probably one of the reasons why Paul said, How whatever state that the Lord has found you in, that's the one I recommend you stay in. So if you're unmarried, stay unmarried. He even said to the Church of Corinth, he was like he was like kind of like going, okay, I give in because of sexual immorality. Take your virgins, get married. You know, it was like he was looking at, you know, but you got to get all that. Praise God. And Nick, so you first you have your one word, uh, one English word to many Greek words problem. And the Different Greek words have slight nuances associated with them. But in the case of the word love, I love spaghetti, but I love Jesus. Is it the same thing? No. But there are similarities, (laughs) okay? And you're like, oh, come on, please. No, there are. I mean, you know, there, there really are. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't tell Jesus I love him like a plate of spaghetti, but I'm just saying, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The, so the, the, it's a, there, but, but when you translate, you have that delta. Did you choose the right word? And was there even a word at all? Because we don't have the five words in English to cover the five Greek words of love. Do we? No. 
So what happens? It translated translate love. So things are lost in these translations. It's a fact. That's one of the reasons why praise Jesus. I love, I love to use uh, many different translations, and I use the Greek, and I have powerful tools and English in its concordance. But the concept of first mention is absolute boulder dash. It's nonsense. And the English concordance is only marginally useful because there are in in the the way that the Hebrew works, the order of the words changes dynamics associated with how it ought to have been translated that sometimes gets missed by the by the Greek scholar or the Hebrew scholars. So it, there there's so many complications. Why did I bring that up? Because you see words like trespasses, you see the words like healed. We're going to get to that in a second. Praise Jesus, we, and and then we're going to go ahead and and pray. Thank you, Father. Um, you see those words, but you're you're like what why why is it you know forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us see i believe and i've been taught look my job the lord i got to say this so it doesn't come out wrong cuz i don't want it to be misinterpreted because you don't get any rewards because you have been given a particular skill it's not how it works. Not at all. Last will be first, the first will be last. It's your humility. It's your contrite spirit that God rewards. Because you think you're smarter than somebody else. I think, and I forget who it was, but there's a famous author who said, every man is my superior in some way, and in that I learn of him. I believe that with all my heart. Now, but people have gifts. Like Terry Hill, she's incredible with the Old Testament and types and shadows. I mean, I don't think there's anybody as good as her alive on earth at that. Praise God. What a blessing that she understands, you know, fallen angels, UFOs, the New World Order, all that other stuff. How rare is that? You think that she she goes to churches and and to her glow meetings and tells all the women at the glow meetings when she's doing you know about all that stuff it's called godly wisdom something that I lack sometimes hallelujah all right praise God because of my impetuousness I'm like you know sometimes I'll be like but I I'm telling you I'm looking at it right now I see it and they're like no you don't I don't know no 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 it's a lie. I'm like, okay, okay, fine. I need to be more entreating sometimes. Praise God, don't we all? But anyway, here's the thing. So first you got your translational nuances. Then, of course, the effort of the translation team is at in play, and they're usually in large, you know, pretty good numbered size groups, okay? Not always, but usually. Um, and then, of course, the devil, right? You know, and don't even get me going on, you know, the canonization of the Bible and the Vatican involvement in that activity. And, oh, my gosh, Ugh. the Texas Receptus versus the Latin Vulgate as root scriptures and the 
oh, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's mind-bending. But essentially, essentially, I believe, I've seen it time and time and time and time and time and time again. For example, I started buying PC Study Bible that was way, 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 way out of my budget back in 1998 when I was absolutely dripping Seepton a womanizer, lived with women, did everything that you should not do, drugs, you name it. It was for me because I was once saved, always saved. But I was fascinated with PC Study Bible, and by golly, I wanted to get a copy. And I have since, I have had, I have, you know, fellow believers that have looked at the output from my PC Study Bible professional version, which I bought in pieces over time. Um, they basically awarded me with the uh, professional version because I bought all the individual modules individually and because uh, I couldn't afford, you know, the several hundred dollars. And now it's like over in the thousands because they took it all to the web and they're doing all this. And I'm like, forget that noise. I don't want, I want my local cop. But, um, but anyway, when you look back on your life, you see where God's hand was in. Now, not everybody, this doesn't happen to everybody, which I believe with all of my heart, and I've talked about on this program and on other other shows that we do, or I do, or the people that help me too, plus, but, and the guest, but it's in the Bible. It's there. The concept of certain ones of us and I know this sounds – a lot of people would call, oh, that's, that's, that's a sinful understanding of the Bible. And I'm like, no, it's not. I can show you the scriptures, and I can show you the Greek. I can show you the Hebrew. I can show you the – I can show it to you. The Lord showed it to me, and I can show it to you. And I don't know. I, I, I know I tucked it away somewhere, and I'm trying to remember where, but I'm not going to get into it right now. But the Lord showed me some amazing things. Some of us – there's a reason why some of us, when we look back upon our lives – yeah, you know, it, it, it's that concept of like, how come this person who lives in Namibia, Africa, is so like, how come I'm so privileged? How how come I am so blessed? But see, it's tricky business because if you are blessed and you're not doing what you ought to be doing, then that's like super duper bad, super duper duper bad. So um, anyway. So I don't – you might say, well, John, this is, that's just not acceptable. But I, I, I know that it is. I know as a fact that it is because I can look back on my life and I can see correlations of career field I went into, what I'm doing as a specialization today, um, miracles, unspeakably amazing miracles that have happened. I've had the Holy Spirit literally take control of my mouth when I'm dealing with people at work that are getting ready to terminate me and say words that I couldn't even believe I just said, and then it was a case closed. It's a long story, and I'm not going to get into it, but it had to do – not even going to go there. It's a, it's, a, it's a long testimony. I'm not going to go into it. But, the, but it's miracles. It's miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. I see miracles. I mean, why in the world did I go in 1988 to a Ralph Epperson seminar at a St. Petersburg hotel? Back when there was no internet, 
He was using a slide projector. Remember those things? Where you press a button and it goes, and then it goes up on a big screen. There's like several hundred people in the audience. And he was promoting his books, The Unseen Hand and The New World Order in 1988. And I was there. I didn't even make a shift and start running to the Lord like when I when when my wife at the time was taken out of the house on a gurney because she tried to kill herself that was it at that that was the turning point and I I ran to God so fast it was like there was no looking back as a matter of fact that was the whole reason why she left me she was like I don't see God like you do because I was obsessed I wanted some, I, I just threw myself. I wanted to go to Bible college. I wanted to quit my job. I don't want to do the God. And then the Lord completely wiped out the Bible college idea. You're not going. You are not going. Praise Jesus. So anyway, um, uh, to circle it all back, because I don't want to get too far off track. When you look back on your life and you understand Psalm 139, verse 16, you know, and again, I'll I'll, uh, I'll read it to you because I think that's fair, and I and I ha- I have before I I read it almost a lot on the prayer vigil because it's so material and relevant to who we are and what we have in store for us. But um, I like the NLT translation the best for this one, but the King James is pretty close. It says, "Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed." And in your book, they are all written. The days fashioned for me, as yet there were none of them. Now, I found so many errors in the New King James, so many errors in the King James. I've, I've found errors in everything. Everything has errors. It doesn't matter how many translations you got. And I, I know people that hug their translations. I get it. I, I, go ahead. As long as you're reading it, praise Jesus. All right, but anyway, the NLT really nails it. You saw me before I was born. I wonder if the Lord saw us floating around in a little bubble as a spirit baby. Were we little little spirit babies floating around in a little bubble? Mm-mm. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. That is an excellent translation. The King James is missing it. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. You know, I, I could sit here and tear that apart in the Hebrew using an, an enhanced uh, Strong's, and I'm pretty sure I'd draw so many holes in it, it would look like, you know, an oil fracking rig. <laughs> okay, but that's, I'm not going to go there. All right, praise Jesus, but that's okay. Um, and I've done this so many times, and the only reason I've ever, I even realized that the NLT, the NLT dorks some stuff up real bad, but um, uh, there are certain places where it just slams the ball way out of the park, humiliates Babe Ruth, and it bounces in another ballpark, bounces off another ballpark and in three states away. It's amazing. But anyway, consider that. All right, and then 
when you know that, then you realize that there are there are some of us, not all of us, and I've explained why it has to do with who we were before we are on earth. And I know people hate that. Some people dislike that that topic and they call me disparaging evil names and set up web channels and things to tell everybody I'm some kind of an evil whatever. You know, I guess they think they're going to get rewarded in heaven for that. <laughs> whatever. But praise God, you know, and, and Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray that you will forgive them all. Just please. We're all full of faults. Please forgive the people that do those things. They're just, it's, we know it's wrong, but please, Father, forgive them. The glory of God to conceal a matter, and the glory of kings to search out a matter, matter. Proverbs 25, verse 2. I want to be a king. I, I don't know. I want a king or a priest or whatever. Kings and priests, right? I don't know what I want to be. I, I, hey, maybe, you know, I whatever God wants me to be, I'll be. Banished to the other side of heaven for having a vivid imagination. No, I'm kidding. Praise God. So, anyway, so real quick. Because it was a request. Getting a bee in your bonnet and freaking out and going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, because the word trespass was used, because the word heal was used, because, um, you know, that, I just don't think it's relevant. Now, you might say, well, why not? Why isn't that nuance relevant? Well, I think if you did enough digging, you would come to the same conclusion. What's a trespass? I mean, use a little common sense, really. Father, forgive us of our trespass. Look, if somebody trespasses against you, have they not somehow violated you in some way? Of course. So assuming just the meaning of the word trespass alone, it's simple enough to come to the logical conclusion that that a trespass would be some type of an offense. And if it's an offense, by its definition in the English only, it is a sin. It's not that complicated. I don't need an Englishman's concordance. I don't need 50 lexicons. I don't have to study the Barnes commentary until my eyes are bleeding. I can just look at the word and go, trespass, sin. I even wrote an article about this back in 2010, I think it was, called Common Sense Trib and Trumpet, Trib and Trumpet uh, uh, Translation. <laughs> Basically, the moral of the story was, use a little common sense, okay? But you don't have any of that. You just Because the devil convinces everybody. I remember sitting in church, and they were like, yeah, you got to turn with the pastor and make sure that you're looking at your Bible as that pastor's reading. Because if you're not turning within the Bible and reading every word that that pastor's reading, the devil might be tricking you. That's what they used to tell us when we were in, in church when I was younger. I'm like, what? If that's going to happen, then I don't want to be in this building in the first place. Now, today, look what we got. Wow, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, because we are getting out of here. We're we're on the boat. Thank you, Jesus. So sometimes when I look at the various permutations of the English choices of words that may have some slight nuances associated with them, I simply apply common sense and I say, forgive us of our, look, wait, the word forgive was used. Oh, I caramba. Looky there. There's another hint. 
forgive us of our. You know what? I don't care if it says forgive us of our Donald Ducks as we forgive those who Donald ducked against us. It's irrelevant. Thank you, Jesus. But there will be people that will just rip it apart and spend hours trying to figure out to what avail. You should be able to look at it and make the deduction. It's right there. You don't get forgiven of anything but a sin. The, the, the Bible has 31,102 verses if it comes from the Texas Receptus. How well do you know it? Are you going to spend six hours trying to figure it out? I'm not. I got better things to do for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It common sense tells you exactly what it is. A trespass is a sin. Thank you. End of story. Class dismissed. Hallelujah. So I, I don't need to know. It's not. It's just not. Now there are some times when you're looking at something where you do got to do some digging. But there are other times. It's just so straightforward. Now. Could curiosity drive you to blow away six hours of digging through Englishman's concordances and lexicons and commentaries to try to figure out, of course, applying the wrongful principle of first mention? Uh, you know, because when you use your Englishman's, it's going to tell you, well, the first mention was back in Exodus of this particular word. Therefore, the Exodus takes precedence over any other possible meaning in the rest of the Bible, which is a bunch of boulder dash. Thank you, Jesus. No wonder the Father didn't want me to go to Bible college. No wonder that man repented for even doing so. To this day, don't have they don't have somebody that leads. They go from every two weeks. They go from one farm to another farm, and you know they, they're big on farming. Now I, I imagine some of them don't have farms, and they have other ways, but they basically go to brother so and so's house on this you know weekend, and sister. You know, it's usually a brother, you know, because they, they're very, um, they're really big on the whole, they, you know, they're very, you know, they, they take some of the things a little bit more seriously than they're intended to be. But that's all right. I love them. I love them. I love the Amish. They're awesome. But anyway, um, so, so I use that reasoning because there's too much. It's TMI. You got to have some common sense when you're doing things because if you don't, you are going to get sunk. Now, you might say, well, why? You know, what is your, well, if I look back on my life and I look what God has baptized in the Holy Spirit at the age of nine, you know, my life was saved so many times I should have been put in prison. Miracles would happen. Police would be diverted. Um, there's, it's astonishing. It flips me out to even review it. And I can't capture it all. And even the beatings that I took, really bad ones, in the last th you know, four years or so, give or take, um, were, had really important meaning behind them. But I had to, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Amen. You have to go through it. You got to go through the test before you have the money. <laughs> you know, Andrew Womack, right? But anyway, so... Therein lies my position on words, word choices such as trespass, um, which of course is argued amongst various, uh, you know, Bible translators. So you know, pick, a, take your pick. You're going to get something different. Um, you know, I, I know that um, the word that is used in the King James is absolutely not 
correct at all. Um, anyway, it, it's just – it's all over the map. Obviously, the translators don't agree on any of the words because they're all different. And it was Wy- – I think it was Wycliffe – who was part of the original Bogomils. He was, you know, I mean, this guy goes back so far. Holy moly. I mean, he's like, you know, it's like one of the oldest translations. You can't even read Wycliffe. I mean, it's like so old English. It's like, what did he say? (laughs) You should get yourself a 1611 King James and try to read it. (laughs) Forget it. You will have no idea what you just read. (laughs) It's absolutely impossible. So anyway... important. You know, when I look back on my life and I look back at the gifts that the Lord has gifted me with, it one of the gifts that I've been gift, gifted with is, um, I don't know, I, let's just put it this way. I have critical thinking skills that are borderline um, clinical in nature, <laughs> okay? And when I say clinical, I mean, they, there's probably people out there that, you know, have like some kind of a disorder name for what I have. I don't know, because that's what they do. Anytime there's anything that doesn't look normal to them, they make up some acronym and say that you have a disorder. There is a uh, Holy Spirit gift called the Holy Spirit gift of wisdom. Do I have it? No. And I certainly wouldn't want to lay claim to it. All I know is that since the age of a small child, I overanalyzed everything. And it got more and more and more as I got older. But it also, now I can, I can be in a boardroom with, in, in a humongous global company with 30,000 employees and 50 locations worldwide. And I can sit in that boardroom and I can take a project that's millions of dollars, slice it into little bitty pieces, assign resources and get everybody to execute it. And it comes out perfectly. I did that with uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, put in a $2.5 million, one of the world's largest solutions of this nature. It took years. But I had to use my critical thinking skills to slice everything down. When you have a gigantic cookie, you don't, you know, when you're eating an elephant, they say, you don't eat it in one bite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? So, you know, it's like that. So anyway, those, those kinds of critical, that's a gift from the Lord. I mean, I didn't, in, I, I was born with that. I remember sitting outside the principal's office, praise Jesus, literally, you know, I was a kid and, you know, kids do this kind of stuff. And technically it was a sin. I know. Now I know for sure. But it was a sin, and I would I would think you know I knew I was going to get in trouble, so I would uh, I would literally analyze while I was waiting. It was kind of helpful that I had to wait. A lot of a lot of kids would be like, oh my gosh, this is driving me crazy, and they'd be sweating bullets because they're sitting outside the principal's office. I was like, great. The longer he takes, the better of an excuse I can come up with. And I would sit there and say to myself, well, he might ask me this, and here's my answer. He might ask me that. Oh, okay, here's my answer for that. He might ask me that. Okay, here will be my answer for that. So I would analyze every possible question that he might answer me, every possible accusation that he might levy against me, and then I would already have my answer ready. Of course, it was a lie or a manipulation of the truth, which is essentially a lie. So it was a sin. 
But I did that stuff from very young kids. So you go back to Psalm 139.16, you know, before we were born, all these things, you know, and, and the gifts that we were given, and, all, and then you go to the body of Christ, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and you, anal, you, you, you study that scripture, and Paul talking about how each part of the body has a special talent, essentially, is what he's trying to tell you, and we've got to all work together as part of the body and all that. Well, anyway, we should all, you know, look, if your gifting is music, you should be playing music for Jesus. If your gifting is the gift of gab, like my mom told me about, you should be on a pro- podcast. But for heaven's sake, be careful, because now the irresponsible shepherd scripture of, of, uh, of Ezekiel 34 applies to you. Which I'll get to in a second. But the, um, the, so going back to iniquity and sin, because really what you've got to do is you've got to take complex concepts and you've got to simplify them. If you don't simplify them, you will not be able to communicate them, which means that you will not be able to help others. If you cannot communicate it effectively, you'll fail at your job for Jesus. You will. And I remember sitting in churches being mesmerized when they'd pull out the Greek and I'd go, oh, wow. Of course, that meant that, you know, they really knew their stuff because they could say Hebrew words. Wow. Holy moly, they're smart. I believe everything they say. <laughs> right. That's that's part of, the you know, life as a Christian. Right. At least in my generation so um and and with my you know my weird weird life is the lord what i went through is just amazing but anyway so knowing that the lord had his hand heavily upon my life throughout it even while i was unqualified to receive what i received you know, uh, Psalm sixty-six, eighteen says, "If I have iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear." I read you uh, uh, Isaiah, um, um, Isaiah uh, fifty-nine. I read that to you, right there. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, so that He will not hear. I read them to you, right? So why, why me? Why did the Lord did the things that He did for me when I was seeping, dripping in sin? Well, evidently, it had something to do with my destiny. Predestination. It's like God injected events in my life to take me on the eight-lane freeway going straight to hell with my OSAS ticket and said, okay, now's the time. Bam! And then I was like, whoa! And I ran to the Lord, and, you know, whole life changed. And then I had to go through like 11 years of training, beatings, testing, unbelievably horrible experiences. That, that was required for many reasons. I won't get into all of them. Paul said that, you know, he said right there when he was talking about his, uh, his uh, thorn in the flesh, he said that I would not exalt myself higher than, you know, whatever. The Lord, uh, you know, gave me a thorn in the flesh or something like that. And he, so he tells you exactly why. He, he had a proclivity, toward, he had a tendency to be prideful. So God said, hey, man, my grace is sufficient for you. Buck it up, deal with it. And yes, you are going to get buffeted by demons. Too bad. 
Okay? Get it. You got to get these things. And when you do, everything sort of like starts to make sense. And you're like, hey. Hey. Wow. So I can't, it would be folly and probably sinful with, you know, maybe without me realizing it, but certainly folly to look at anything that has happened to me in my life and not wonder how it applies to my walk, my destiny, predestination, to the Psalm 139, my, all, all of our works were written in our books before we were born. You know, and, and then, of course, supported by Ephesians, or, or, sorry, 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 yeah, no, it's Ephesians, yeah, yeah, Ephesians 2.10, I think it is, yeah, I think so. Um, so, so I don't get a bee in my bonnet over the nuances of the choices of certain words in certain places because I'm not bound, I don't need, I don't need to. I just don't. I'm not bound by the theological constructs and the rules of exegesis because I don't need it. I can tell. I can feel it. I feel it. I feel the Word of God. Don't get me wrong. I've gone through some pretty hard times and going through some of the beatings that I've gone through, and I wasn't doing well. Some of you are aware of that, and I appreciate your kindness. But I was also pretty straight up about it, and I did admit admit frequently because I wanted to help others know that no matter what you're going through, you can get through it. And I'm not saying I've arrived anywhere because I'm very concerned, as we all should be. That's part of fearing God. Now, so when you get so and so really all you really need to know iniquity and sin don't get all oh my they used the word trespass forgive us of our you know and and the king james you know um uh here praise jesus let's look at watch this um come on thank you jesus hallelujah computer's giving me grief all right so um Okay, praise God. All right. Oh, wow, they have a cool little ring here with the entire Lord's Prayer on it. I dig that. If I, if I bought every ring that had Jesus stuff on it, I'd have like 30 rings and people would be like, okay. Well, we're supposed to live in a world of diversity. So, Okay, so anyway, um, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. So I needed to look that up real quick. And let me just go over here and grab it real quick. Okay, Matthew... Six nine, the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus says, you know, he t- he's telling people, like, you know, this is how you pray. This is the ideal way to pray. Now he's not limiting you to that, okay? But you know. So anyway, um, <laughs> so in the King James esque versions. It says, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. I'm like, fail, big fat fail. First of all, how do you know that this is a gigantic big fat fail? And you shouldn't even bother with debts? 
What? Really? I mean, they must have been dipping into the sacramental wine when they were doing this one because I don't know how they walked out of the room with a straight face with that. Forgive us of our debts? What is this? A student loan? <laughs> this is common sense stuff. But people fall prey to it. Oh, you can't debate that. That's what the... And I'm King James and... Blah, blah. I mean, one church I went to actually had a sign about 100 yards before you got to the church building that said, King James Bible only. <laughs> anyway, there's a... I left that, that gathering relatively quick. Anyway, long story, but... So it's just, it's not a debt. It's not a student loan. Come on, man. First, first of all, the scripture clearly makes it so and states that when we loan money to somebody, we should do it with joy in our hearts and never expect aid back. Imagine that. How much more so is that important to do when you're dealing with an unbeliever so that their minds are blown? to see Jesus in you. Hmm? Praise God. Common sense. It's not really complicated. It really isn't. Just look at the word and say, does that work? Jesus, Father is going to forgive us of our debts. You know, the last time I checked, I don't have one single contract. I don't think I have a single credit card, not a one that says kingdom of God on it. Automatically, it's wrong. doesn't have to be debated. <laughs> and then it even throws in a little bit more confusion. Because after Jesus you, you know, says, this is how, therefore pray in this manner, Matthew 6, 9, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And, da -da 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 -da, and then it's used the word debts. Okay, well, okay, if that's not confusing enough, let's throw in some more confusion. Then it go to verse 14. For if you forgive men of their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Whoa! Why did we jump from debts to trespasses in a couple of lines? This is the only sound that should be entering your head when you're looking at these scriptures. It's irrelevant. Pass, debt, heal. It's mistranslations. They're all over the place. You know? I used to study under a really fabulous teacher who I will not name because I want to give him a big hug in heaven. But he would say, th he, one of the things he used to say was, um, I like the King James because at least we know where the mistakes are. <laughs> okay, that one there is enough to make me just want to, I don't know, rent my robe and shave my head and fall to the ground and praise God <laughs> like Job. Oh, my gosh. Praise Jesus. So anyway, um, ha thank you, Father, because our Father, our Lord, our Jesus, the Word, told us that he's going to reveal all mysteries before he comes. And he has. But here's what he didn't say. 
He didn't say to everyone. Instead, what Jesus would say all the time was, if you can receive it. Don't forget that time when Jesus turned to the multitudes that were following them around. And he, and he used uh, what I would call a... Um, a, I don't know, a kingdom of God filter. The earth is a gigantic filtration event. It's filtering out those who ultimately are called and whatever, you know, but it, that's what it is. This is a gigantic filter. I mean, that's why Jesus looked out over the multitude and said, if you don't drink my blood and eat my flesh, you are blah, blah, blah. And everybody's like, this dude is a crazy man. And they're like, we're out of here. What would he do that for? That was his way of getting rid of the riffraff. The ones that had spiritual acuity, spiritual sensitivities, were the ones that he wanted near him. And the ones that didn't have spiritual acuity, sensitivities, those that didn't have them, he wasn't concerned with them. Else he wouldn't have said it. He sent them packing on purpose. Do you think it was because he was a little bit short on bread and fish? Don't think so. Praise God. It's amazing. So spiritual understanding of the Bible is, in my opinion, probably 20 times more important than contextual. But most people can't do it or they struggle with it. And it's a very, very significant, powerful, mighty blessing from God if you're able to see it. Because Jesus would say all the time, if you can receive it, if you can receive it. Or he'd say, let the reader beware. You know, that would be woven into the text. You know, that's, that's just Jesus's way of saying, whatever you think it is, you're wrong. Okay? So you really got to look for the weird answer to that one. You know, it's like a hyper mystery. So anyway, um, all you really need to know is what's the difference between iniquity and sin. That's all you need to know. Don't get lost in the weeds. If you get lost in the weeds, you're never going to see, really. See, when I look at the universe, when I look at all of creation, when I understand that the kingdom of God is everything, See, we are encapsulated inside the kingdom of God. We're in this fallen hologram. It really is. It really is. And the fallen angels can manipulate mass, which allows them to shapeshift and do all kinds of creepy things that we don't understand. But they can. Because it, to them, it's just vibrations and particles and because it is it's a hologram quantum if you don't understand subatomic particles in quantum some people call it quantum mechanics i prefer to call it quantum physics i think mechanics is bad choice of words but 
What do I know? I'm not a physicist. But the thing is, when you, when you understand it and you realize that if you were to sink, shrink yourself down to the size of a subatomic particle, you could float through a piece of granite and you wouldn't even see it, which is the definition of a hologram. Essentially, it's a particle field that appears to be real but isn't. <laughs> even Einstein said, we live in a hologram, albeit a very convincing one. He also said, a coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous. I have that one up on the, uh, hanging on the wall. <clears throat> so again, part of it is being able to use just a little bit of common sense. God's not going to forgive our college debt. And Jesus isn't going to tell us to pray that way. Okay, so... You know, it's like jury jury dismissed. <laughs> you know, hallelujah. Let's go home and praise together. Lift our arms up to the Lord. By the way, that's all over the Bible. Raising your arms before God. Don't forget that. Even when you're alone. Now, so then sin and iniquity. This is easy. Because you use an analogy to teach this. And I love analogies because they're fabulous. They're bar none the best teaching tool. Now, if anybody ever gives you grief about using an analogy, it's because they're a meathead. <laughs> okay, that's my official term for somebody who gives you grief. Because I, that's, I, that's, I love to teach that way. Um, as a matter of fact, it, but anyway, I won't. It, it's simple. It's so easy for people to get stuff. I use analogies with clients all the time because they go, oh, because the concept is so complicated that if I tried to explain it using particle physics, they would look at me like deer in the headlight going, what, what did we hire you for? And then I'd end up getting in trouble. So it's part of my job. And is that a coincidence? Is it a coincidence? Is it a coincidence that in a company that has thousands of consultants, I have been told by people in very high places that I am the official company continuity disaster recovery guy. In other words, that's impossible. I mean, I'm teaching people that are like two levels higher than me. Senior, I mean, I have to do a, a presentation in front of 30 senior managers and VPs at, you know, when I go to Atlanta on Monday. Ugh, I'm not looking forward to that. But and, – and really what I have in the presentation is going to tip over their apple cart is what it is because they all believe they get it. But when they see the presentation, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh. But I had to do it. But anyway, that – but wait a minute. Just think about that. What are the odds that in the end times when some of the greatest cataclysms that will ever occur on this planet are going to happen? What's going to happen at my job? I'm going to be in higher and higher in demand. I told this other Christian, now th I'm sure this was just a coincidence, but this guy is, uh, he doesn't go to church. He loves the Lord with all of his heart. He even gives me counsel, but, but he listens very carefully when I talk, because he knows I know my scripture really well. And he listens very carefully. And, but anyway, but he loves it. You know, he, 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 he gets it. 
And this guy is partnering with me. He's, he's senior to me in title, but, but I'm like the lead. And then he, he'll say something like, well, this doesn't mean that. And I'll say, oh, yes, it does. And I explain to him why. And then he's like, oh. Now, this is a guy that was like doing security work for companies that are so huge that you just can't even imagine the quadrillion billions that they make on a worldwide level. I mean, phenomenally, astronomically humongous. But it's a gift that the Lord gave me. And the coincidence of me being doing that kind of work in the end times, helping companies figure out what they're going to do when disasters strike. Is that a coincidence? <laughs> right? It's like impossible. So naturally, it would be folly for me not to use the skills that the, my it's obvious that my job, my career path, my choices in life, where I ended up, all that stuff was part of what God wrote in my books before I was born. Personally, I think it was before there was time, but that's a whole other thing. <clears throat> but anyway, so it would be folly for me, given all that, to not use those skills to interpret the Bible. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Father. And also, my spiritual sensitive, my hypersensitivities, they are hyper to, to my own demise. I'm an emotional sponge. Okay, if I spend too much, and the Lord's helping me out with that, I'm growing more and more stronger to be able to deal with the stuff that used to emotionally affect me very not good. Very, very not good. Um, I've had I've had the equivalent of a nervous breakdown studying the darkness, knowing what they do to babies. Oh, you don't want to hear it. Believe me, you don't want to hear it. Fell to my knees, bald, heaving, uncontrollably in my house, alone in the hallway. That's about as close as you're going to come to a nervous breakdown as I can figure, unless you're like in a corner babbling and, you know, and that, that, you know, I'm not going to even go there because that's usually demonic anyway. But here's the thing. Iniquity, sin. Iniquity is, here, here's your analogy. Iniquity is believing that it's okay to use a gun under certain circumstances to kill somebody. That's iniquity. Believing that in your heart means that you have iniquity. Iniquity is the foundational perverted belief that you espouse and hold dear to yourself that leads to sin. So it's the root cause of many sins. Okay? So... The gun example or the gun analogy is fabulous because so many people in the United States of America, while no one else, no other believers in any other part of the world believe it, only American Christians do. And so just so iniquity is believing that it's okay to use a gun ever 
or any kind of earthly weapon to hurt anybody for any reason, because that is un-Jesus-like. We are to carry our cross to our death. All right, that is how it works under all circumstances. He who seeks to save his life will lose it. What's that mean? Well, a fleshy person would think that it means, you know, if you get involved in trying to save your life, you're going to, I don't know. I mean, what? how else can you interpret that? If you're focused on saving your life and you're doing things to to save your life, like using earthly weapons, you're going to lose your life. Does it just mean your earthly life or could it mean your eternal life? I think it means eternal life. I pray for my family that feels that it's okay to use guns in self-defense. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, should they pick up any type of earthly weapon, I pray in Jesus' name, come that day, that that weapon will turn red hot and burn their hands. That they will know it was a supernatural uh, uh, correction from you, Father. I pray that out loud. Um. And so iniquity is believing it's okay to kill with an earthly weapon. But pulling the trigger once is a sin. Pulling it again is another sin. Pulling it again is another sin. Pulling it again is another sin. So iniquity is the root cause, that foundational, incorrect, ungodly belief that you harbor in your heart that causes you to sin a lot. I'll give you another example of iniquity. Once saved, always saved. That's iniquity. Mm-hmm. Once saved, always saved. I know. Was my testimony. <laughs> my testimony is unbelievable. And um and if it, I don't know. But anyway, uh there you there you go. There's two Unimpeachable examples of the difference between iniquity and sins. Once saved, always saved is believing that, hey, I'm saved. I can do anything I want. I'm saved. God will forgive me. Only if your heart is where it needs to be. Don't think you can go out there and do bad things by choice. You better have true fear of God, godly, godly fear, and and godly sorrow as you're struggling through whatever problem it is that you're struggling through. You know, if you're dorking up over and over again, and I'm raising my hands, I've made plenty of dorky choices, but I'm just saying, when you're in that fight, when you're in that battle, okay, when you, you don't, you don't. You can't just go back to the Lord and say, well, you know, Lord, you know, I kind of I left my husband. I did all these bad things and I, you know, had sex with five different guys and tried to find another husband. And uh, but I know that you're going to forgive me, man. If you aren't going before the father in fear. With godly sorrow, absolutely gushing. In tears. Because you hurt your father. then you're taking a lot for granted. 
I'm not passing judgment. I'm just simply saying I know what the Bible says in regard to these things. And I've been through it, which makes it even more powerful and difficult. That's why I love the very end of Psalm 51, which is where King David asks our Heavenly Father to um, basically, you know, uh, you know, take away his remember, you know, don't don't let him feel guilty anymore about it, so that he can praise openly. Because when you when you feel guilty about what you've done that you shouldn't have done, that guilt will overwhelm you, and Satan will rub it in your face, and you won't be able to get back to where you were. You'll get stuck. You won't be able to feel. You won't feel worthy to praise. You won't feel worthy to do the things that God ordained for you to do. And that's exactly where Satan wants you. You got to fight through it. You got to praise your way through it, and that's critically important to understand. But people who have iniquity, and they act on that iniquity over and over again, that's like a super duper bad place to be in in their walk. How God is going to deal with that? How Jesus is going to deal with that? That's none of my business. It's my business to ask the Father to forgive them. That's my business. That's your business. It's all of our business. And I I do a lot. Um, continuously, really. Praise God. So I wanted to share that with you. Hallelujah. And then also, real quick, the, um, you know, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord of shepherds, woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves, who feed themselves, who feed themselves. Let's translate this as to what it should actually, let's take out, let's just look at it and see what it's actually talking about. First, the reason why I I don't want anything to do with tithes and offerings is because this scripture scared the heck out of me. And besides... I, I don't need it. Okay, I've had these conversations with the Lord, and it, it, it's not—it's it, not one thing or another. It, it's just that I've—I've I've, from day one, I have just felt spiritually, powerfully, never to take anything from anybody for any reason, anyway, and to give it to the poor because that's what my Bible says. Now, I'm not saying that it's incorrect, you know, to seed and to support people who have dedicated their entire lives to the service of God and are serving you. There is nothing wrong with that. That is in the Bible. All right. Amen. Okay. But that, that's not, I'm not going there. Here's the thing. Chapter 34 of Ezekiel is basically saying, you're not feeding my flocks properly, but you're, you're, you're feeding yourself off of the money that your, my flock is giving you. Now, it says it in, you know, Old Testamentese, but it's pretty straightforward. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Well, who's Israel? Spiritually discern it. Go to Ephesians 2, uh, uh, verse 9, 10, 11. Jesus Christ has broken down the middle wall of separation, making the two one, Jew and Gentile. There you go. But it has to be spiritually discerned. 
If you let context get in the way, you completely miss the point and you don't realize it's talking about you, Mr. YouTuber. And it goes on to say, thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, woe to the shepherds of Israel. How about this? Woe to you, YouTubers, who take, who take contributions. Shouldn't you tell your the the followers and your and the people who are assigned you know who have signed up for your YouTube channel? Shouldn't you tell them the truth and and what the Word of God actually says? See, it says, "Should not the shepherds feed the flocks?" That's what it says in the Scripture. I just moved it over to today's vernacular. You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fattenings, but you do not feed the flock. So you buy yourself nice, churchy, beautiful suits, and you decorate the church, and you got the biggest, most awesome sound system, and you got 30 Christmas trees and gigantic American flags behind your pulpit. All of them costing hundreds of dollars. Where'd you get it? And are you feeding the sheep? Well, if all you're doing is jumping around and this, that, and the other thing, and you're not connecting the negative, talking about hell and warning people like, you know, you're not feeding the sheep. You're just tickling the itchy ears of the end times churchianity movement of from that isn't moving anywhere. So, so I look at this and I'm like, forget that noise. Now, I had already had the Lord place powerfully on my spirit to not go just like he also placed powerfully upon my heart don't look so after years and years and years and years and years and years hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours thousands of dollars invested into endless amounts of documentaries dvds that i studied books um endless oh my gosh this is the stuff that i have read I have a library of over 200 books, and I got 200 books queued up in my Kindle that I haven't even had time to start looking at yet. And I probably won't have time to maybe until maybe I get to heaven or whatever, but who knows? Or maybe the Lord will just say, don't read that one, and I'll be like, okay, cool. But the thing is, you know, I got to a point where every time I bought a book, it didn't matter who I bought it from. I wasn't learning anything. 1495 lost. I even got to the point where I started sending the books back through Amazon. They would refund it for me as long as it was in good shape and all that. But I'd pick it up and go through the first chapter and go, oh, boy. <sighs> and I don't mean that to sound wrong. It just – I eventually – if you really put your heart into seeking God, you're going to get to a place when you're sitting in and listening to another preacher or a teacher, you're going to be going, well, that, well, that's not right, and that's not right, and that's not right, and that's not right, and that's not right. And then you'll be like, what am I doing here? So I have people send me all the time, you know, stuff, and they mean well. And I, I got to be like, you know, I, I, I don't, I, you know, I'm trying to entreat, like Paul said. And I just say, God bless you. Thank you so much for thinking of me. But I, there ain't no way. The, I, the, 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 I know this is from the Lord because of the emotional magnitude of the feeling that I have in regard to not doing it. It's so strong, it's overwhelming. I won't do it. I have 
utterly less than no interest in any of it. Because the Lord shows me stuff constantly. And I'm going to share with you real quick one more thing, and then we're going to pray. Um, Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. He just showed this to me, and I wanted to share this with you because it's cool. And if you love the Bible and and our Father as much as I do, then it would be cool to you too. Amen? Yes, it would. All right. So, Lord, so one of the things that, you know, because I only got so much time, and that's the bad part. And at, the deeper we get into the end times, the more insane working in the, you know, corporate environment becomes for many bazillions of reasons, which I will not get into. None the least of which is that the entities of darkness that are almost certainly in ownership of your company and other conglomerates are, uh, you know, well aware of what's coming. So what are you going to do if if you're a Satanist and you own several bazillion dollar companies? You're going to slave drive them. You're going to push them so hard because you've got to squeeze every penny out of them before the, you know, global financial collapse is going to hit. Yeah. So anyway, um, look at this. This is cool. So one of the many, 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 many scriptures that has, you know, I, I knew it was wrong. I just knew it. So the New King James, which is my favorite for memorizing scriptures, by the way, um, that botches this one. And I kind of knew it wasn't right. It just didn't make sense. So James 5.16, and I'm not talking about the second half. I'm just talking about the first half. The second half is, you know, um, the fervent, the effective fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Which, by the way, I can look into that and I might find some nuances there as well. But um, the first part says... Confess your trespasses. Oh, that lovely, huggy, oh my goodness, I just love that word. Trespasses. Forgive me of my debt. Forgive me of my trespasses. Forgive me of my, oh, wait, what does God have to forgive us of? Sins. Easy peasy. It's not hard. So, but so it goes, and if you used an Englishman's concordance, it would say James 5.16 is one of the places where this particular Greek word was used. And I'm like, go ahead. Waste four hours doing what you should be able to do with a little bit of common sense. So it says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now let's talk about what it actually says. (laughs) Okay. It's kind of close-ish, but no. So, and I'm only talking about the first half of James 5.16. All right. So it says, so let's take a look at it. We take a look at the enhanced Strong's Concordance and Bible Dictionary. In this case, it's uh, an olive tree publication, and they do a really good job. Their, their enhanced Strong's and Bible Dictionary is unimpeachably awesome. God has shown me so many unbelievable 
I mean, and you can get, just so you know, you can get the, and they have a free PC application that you can load on your PC if you want, if you have a laptop. Um, you can uh, download an Android. I do not know if Apple has it, so sorry for you Apple folks. A lot of times you guys will get let out because whatever. But um, they probably do, though. Um, but you get this. It's an amazing app on the only thing I'm not sure about is whether or not it must connect to the Internet and phone home to, you know, Olive Tree or whatever, you know, the mothership, <laughs> right, over the Internet. I don't know if it's Internet dependent. I have never run, I've never cut my Internet off and my cellular data off and done a test to see if it still comes up or not. So I don't know. I do know that it phones home when I load it. But I think that's probably because it's checking to see if I have more stuff that I bought that needs to be downloaded. Because the way it works is they give you the base Olive Tree application for your Android. I can't talk about Apple. I don't know. And they'll give you the free base application for your PC as well, which is really powerful. It has all kinds of incredible search tools, Boolean searches. You can do. Oh, my gosh, it's awesome. So, but get this. Where they make their money is that you download the Bibles. Now they give you a couple of free ones to get you kicked off, but then you go on it. You go in there to their little store and you can pick out different Bibles. Now, my PC Study Bible Professional has like 22 different translations in it. I'm not going to download all those translations into my olive tree because I'll go I'll go broke. So. Um, but what I did was I picked out, eh, you know, the NLT. I picked, I got the NLT. I got the King James, which was free. I got the New King James and the New King James plus Strong's. Now, the reason why I really, 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 really like the New King James plus Strong's in the olive tree is because when I look at a verse that just doesn't make sense, the New King James plus Strong's version will allow me to touch the word, which I question as being legitimately or correctly translated, and it will pop down their enhanced Strong's dictionary, and it's fabulous. It's absolutely amazing. It's essentially a uh, an enhanced Strong's plus a dictionary plus a lexicon. It just, oh my gosh, it's amazing. So anyway, that alone is, I, I just would, my heart would break if I lost it. I, I would not want to, I, I would be like, okay, what do I got to do to buy a paper version kind of thing? All right, but I got electronic now, so I like it and it's fast and I can, and look at this. It's not what it says. It doesn't say confess your trespasses to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. It does not say that. First off, ask yourself the common sense question. How did Jesus heal people? How are we told to heal people? By Jesus. How did the apostles in Acts and their and the others that were with them, the disciples that followed around with them, how did they do it? Hmm? Do you know? You should. For one thing, via the laying on of hands, and uh, for another thing, uh, um, uh, re really, like, 
you know, the man with the withered hand that was sitting outside of the out of the te- outside of the temple, and they they went walking up, and he was like, you know, blind or whatever, and you know, pining for you know uh, for contributions and such. And they have the Bible has a name for it, but I forget. But anyway, so um, and they said, silver and gold have we not, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we command you to rise up and walk, or you know, rise up and walk. And they took his hand and he extended, you know, all that kind of stuff. Now he's now he's the guy that was like, you know, majorly handicapped, begging for food for years and years and years, and he's like jumping around, all kind of happy. And when they're walking in the temple, and then like everybody's like flipping out. That's how Jesus heals. That's how the power of God heals. Now, that was a miracle healing, and not all healings are miracles. Some of them might take a couple of years of prayer to get, get the healing completed. That's just how it works. Not all things are miracles, which, by the way, is most evident in the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, because you have the Holy Spirit gift of miracles, and you have the Holy Spirit gift of healing. All right? Two different ones. Now, I look at this and I'm like, okay, well, that scripture's not making sense. So, the it may be that the word, and I'm doing this from logical de- deduction, but it may be that the word, whatever the root word or the Greek word is for the word trespass, <clears throat> it may be that... Um, the the use of the word trespass differs slightly from the word sin in the sense that it may include um no that can't be it because it's this other scripture says um to save me father from presumptuous sins and also sins that I am unaware of I found scriptures on that one so yeah no that ain't it i was thinking maybe maybe i was trying to give it a hall pass without you know ripping it apart and but anyway, trespass equals sin. End of story. Don't care. I don't care. And you know you need to know what to care about and what not to care about. And if you and if you, it, you'll never get anything done if you don't know what to you know if you can't do that. If you can't do that, you, then you you you're you're going to spend your entire time in the weeds. You're going to be in the Amazon forest staring at beetles underneath leaves and never even realize that you that you know that if you went up high enough, you would be able to see the Pacific Ocean. I could mention, I could give examples of teachers that do that. And I'm like, oh, no wonder you miss so many things. But anyway, so what it says, here's what it says. I'm quoting this to you, exactly. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read the whole thing, to be fair. But I'm going to read the whole thing. And then you'll know. So I used my Olive Tree app on my Android. I went to the New King, the Bible, I, I think I paid like 15 bucks for it. It was New King James uh, Plus Strongs. It downloaded and integrated into it. And the other thing that's really cool about it, there's a bazillion things that are cool about it, but one thing that's really, really cool is that for every translation that you download, if you touch the actual Bible verse number and highlight it and make a note, that highlighting and note goes into all the different translations for you automatically. That rocks in a big way. So, let's look at the word healed and see if it's actually the right word, because it's not. Praise God. All right, so, 
here's what it says. Now I'm going to, you'll hear creaking sounds because I'm going to move my mic boom up closer to the screen so I can read it because I'm getting old. And uh, I can, you know, hey, I got an excuse now. I'm officially, I'm, hey, you know, uh, I'm, I am so old that I can go into a Wendy's with no guilt whatsoever and say, where's the beef? <laughs> Praise God, right? All right, so anyway, so I touched the word healed in my Olive Tree New King James plus Strongs. It pops up their enhanced super killer uh, Bible study tool, the enhanced Strongs and Dictionary and et cetera, combined into one un- indispensable tool. And it, I'm going to read it to you. It says, Dictionary Definition. This is from, you know, Strongs. G number G twenty three ninety, okay. And then of course it shows you the Greek, and then it says middle voice of apparently a primary verb to cure literally or figuratively, to heal or make whole. Now it continues and it says as an adverb. Then it says you know it cites something twenty eight and then it says. Heal, 26, or to make whole, and then it puts the number two there. And the make whole reference, it, it expands on it. And, and number two is it. That's the winner, to make whole. But what does to make whole actually mean? And it expands on it, and it tells you. It says to make whole means to free someone from their errors and sins. And bring about their salvation. When I saw that, I just about, it was one of those like, you know, Gabriel showing up in your bedroom moments. Oh, it was amazing. I was like, this is amazing. So now really, when you look at that verse, in the New King James, it says, confess your trespasses to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. Wrong. What it really ought to say is confess of your sins or well let me let me let me soften this up a little bit. Confess when it says confess of your trespasses, what it's really saying is let your prayer partner know what you are going through. So you're going through some ugly. It it ain't good. You need prayer and you need prayer because it's leading you to behaviors that are not in alignment with God's perfect will, okay? And you can, you know, and there's a lot of dynamics that come into play there, but really the easiest way to look at this is when it says confess of your trespasses to one another, what it's really telling you is tell your prayer partner what you're going through so they know how to pray. Sometimes somebody will say, pray for me, brother. They'll send me a text message over Facebook. They'll be, pray for me, brother. I need you to pray for me. And I'll say, can you help me understand what you're going through? That's what this is about. You share with the other person, you know, now if it's like ultra super personal, you probably want to choose your words wisely. And you got to watch out who you're doing this with too, because if they're not a really hyper, super bridal party Marrying Jesus contender with humility and love, you're, they're going to lambast you, tie you to a tree, and swing you by the neck. Oh, you need to know who you're talking to. 
But if you are talking to a really good, anointed, humble, God-fearing, loving, and this is like rarer than pure gold nowadays, Christian, a real one, not one that thinks they are, then you can share with them, well, I'm going through, you could say I'm going through some intimately intimate issues with my wife or something like that. You can pick your words carefully. Okay. And then the person knows how to pray. Going to judge you. I just pulled that out of thin air, but it's, it's an example of how you can soften the communication that is necessary to help the other person pray effectively for you. If they know what your challenge is, you know, they it really, it, there are ways to pray for people that are effective, and there are ways to pray for people that are not very effective, or plumb just ineffective altogether. And then you got to depend on Romans 8.26. For likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, in our weaknesses, in our weaknesses, in our weaknesses, for we do not know what, how, how to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Romans 8.26 basically says, hey, you guys, you're not praying effectively, but I'm going to cut you a break. I'll use the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to intercede for you because you don't know how to pray. That's how merciful God is. That's pretty cool. This really means is share with the other person what you're going through. Pick your words carefully. Don't spook them <laughs> or whatever. You know, be holy in the way that you convey the problem. There's ways, and, 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 but help them to understand how to pray. That's what this means. So basically it says, you could translate this really, if you wanted to make it in 21st century vernacular, you would say, let your prayer partner know what you're going through, and then pray for one another, that you may be freed of your sins. That's what this means doesn't mean confess your trespasses to one another, pray for another that you may be healed. No, it's not what it means. Not. It simply means talk to your prayer partner about the problems that you're going through. Ask them to pray so they know how to pray that you may be freed of your what? Sins. Or maybe, if you wanted to be a little more gentle, um behaviors that are not perfectly in alignment with God's will, which many uh, many people would say would be automatically a sin anyways. Praise God. All right. So, um, I and I just got some word here. Um, oh, cool. Great. I'm just going to send this back. Many of you who listen to the regular show know about Tatiana, who is uh, one of the people that was under persecution by the Nazis in the Ukraine. Her mother's still there. So she's a Russian-speaking Ukrainian, born in Odessa. And um, and so she's, uh, you know, she knows all this stuff in an exceedingly advanced way. Lived it. Experienced it. Was chased down the road by them. She gets it. She knows. So she just sent me a text message to let me know 
that uh, Alex Jones has figured it out. And all I can say is, praise God, okay? The more people that figure out what's really going on over there, the better. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the only thing for Alex Jones is you need to pray that, that those weapons of his catch on fire before he pulls any triggers because he's got a bucket load of iniquity. All right, so anyway, so many do. And we need to be praying that if we have any iniquity in our heart, Father, please reveal it to us. Usually, though, when God knows how hungry you are for him and how sorry you are when you messed up and how gushing your tears are and how sincere you are, usually he'll he'll just do it for you eventually. Oh, he'll let you go through a lot of stuff first because, you know, it's kind of like a package of challenges to, you know, I don't, I don't mean this literally, but to kill many birds with one stone kind of a thing. God will let you go through a really bad time, but that really bad time or series of bad times back to back, he already knows before he lets you go through it, sort of like he knew with Job and Satan, that the outcome would be one of very great importance. And that's ever the more so important when you are somebody who loves the Lord and you have a microphone. Because you're talking to a lot of people and you don't want to trip up those people because you'll be held accountable for that. That's why I have to be exceedingly careful about every single guest. And and, and in today's day and age, boy, oh boy, folks, oh my goodness gracious. If, if I told you what People have said to me in private that are considered by believers with they have large followings. Sometimes they've been on TV shows and all kinds of things. And then, oh my, oh my, one one person, what he said to me as I was trying to get him to come on the program, see if he would be willing to come on the program. What he said to me was so unrepeatable. And I literally just sat at my desk and bawled, heaving tears. I, I'd probably cried for 15 minutes. And this guy believes he's going to heaven. And it's just unbelievable. And it happens a lot. They are two-faced. They put on one kind, loving, humble, sweet, kind... Oh, this and oh, that brother and stuff when they're on the air or on a YouTube channel. But when they're talking to you in person, it's when the real them comes out. Anyway, so on the positive note, this is cool. Because now we know the mystery of the first part of James 5.16. The book of James is just gushing. I honestly believe that if a person really, really, really dug in to the book of James and um, just olive tree, uh, expanded Strong's Dictionary, the thing to pieces that they would uncover so many amazing mysteries that they could probably write a book about it. Maybe not a huge book, but a you know a 250-page book probably. That's just my guess. But I mean, just this one little bitty piece right here. 
Let your prayer partner know what you're going through so he knows how to pray that you may be freed from your problem. Whatever that problem is, most likely a sin because it's almost certainly. Look, if you're asking for prayer, you got an issue. But it ain't, you know, this isn't, because there, anyway, I'm not going to go on any further on this. I just wanted to share that with you. I wanted to share the testimonies about the um, all these things, um, you know, the um, the the um, the judgment of the shepherds, the understanding that the references to Israel in the Old Testament are directly spiritually applicable to us because we are essentially God's Israel today through Jesus Christ, because Jew and Gentiles made into one. So because of Ephesians 2, verses 9, 10, 11, whatever, there really isn't any such thing as a Messianic Jew. They love to say that, okay? And I understand, I can see why they would say things like that, because they oftentimes bring with them a lot of their Jewish belief systems, and they're, they use it to kind of explain why they feel the way they feel about certain things or whatever the case is, I don't know. But I'm just saying, there really isn't a such thing as it. The Bible says so. There isn't any such thing. Okay? But anyway, it, I, I just smile from ear to ear and praise God um, because these things, you know, the Lord, if you look and you don't, if you don't have burned in, the Lord told me, and I mentioned this on shows before, that I had to flush it. Um, it was about 10 years ago. No, it was about 11 years ago. It was definitely 11 plus years ago. And I felt a burden because I knew the the gravity, the magnitude, the responsibility of getting a microphone was so huge. And if I did it wrong, I knew I was I was done for. I'd burn in hell. I knew it. And I was scared. And I went out sign in the backyard and I literally looked up into the sky. I raised my hand and I, I had tears in my eyes and I said to the Father, I can't do this. It's too big. It's too huge. Uh, I won't be able to make it. I'll, I'm going to dork it up. I literally could feel the Lord. This is one of those few times, but I, I didn't hear audible, but I heard him. And he said, then you're going to have to get rid of everything that you were taught. And what he was talking about was, you know, you know, I'm not going to mention the names and the DVDs and the people that I studied under and all that kind of stuff because it would be impeaching and negative, and I don't want that to come. I don't want to be doing that because I've been told by the Lord not to. Okay, not, never say something negative about a, a brother or a sister, ever. You can condemn the behavior like David Wilkerson used to do, but you never mention names. So anyway, but of course, what do we have out there? Right, exact opposite. And these people actually think they're okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. So anyway, um, praise God. How awesome is he? How awesome is it to be a pl in a place in your walk that um, God, the Lord shows you amazing things amazing mysteries um uh and uh let me just see i'm going to check something just real quick to see if i can find it because i usually when it's this important i'll, I'll fr frequently i'll save it i use that um keep 
Keep application. They call it Google Keep. I don't care about Google. They can come and get me and take me away. Fine. Just kill me quick so I can go home to the Lord. But anyway, um, okay, I'm looking here and I don't see it. And I don't know why. I'm trying to think of where else I may have put it. Oh, you know what? I know where I put it. I bet. I believe. I'll look one more place, but I'm pretty sure I know where I put it. Praise God. I think I, yeah, I'm almost positive. I believe I put it in my OneNote, and that means, let me see here. i got to go to my Supernatural tab, because that's where I would have put it. Okay, there's, hold on a second. Okay, yeah, not that one. Let me see if I can find it, because you're going to like this. It's so cool that it merits repeating. If I can find it, please. It's hard to be sure. Nope, not there. Oh, I don't think it was back that far. Where did I put it? I know I saved it, but I don't want to have to rifle through. I must have separated it out. Come on. Wait a minute. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. All right. I'm not going to spend much more time on it. Mark 11, 11, 111. Okay. I have just so many. Look at this. There's got to be a hundred supernatural impossible things that happened to me. It's amazing. I just, you forget about it. Uh, Chuck Misler used to recommend that we all keep a God journal so we can remember all of the little mini miracles that happened in our lives. And he's right. That's why I did this. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I don't see it, so I know I know where to go find it, but I'm not going to take the time on this. Pro- oh my gosh! I just looked at the clock. Oh wow! I didn't mean that to happen. <laughs> Praise God! Thank you, Jesus. I did, I really didn't mean for that to happen. I'm looking at the clock and I'm going, "Oh my gosh!" I'm down to the last 18 minutes. So. I'm reaching behind me here. Well, now I'm having a little trouble getting my matzah out. Hold on. There we go. See, if it wasn't for the Golden JIB Studios having a major meltdown just before the prayer vigil... A big shelf falling, breaking loose from the wall, the wires coming disconnected from my studio monitor so I can only hear through a headset. And oh my gosh, all kinds of things. It's a miracle this show even I even got on it at all. But um and also I'm gonna do a best of for Wednesday. I don't have a choice. But um and I'm also looking at let me just look at the time on the music that I normally play. Um I don't have the time. Hold on. Communion song. Okay, that's three minutes and 16 seconds. And Son of God, that's six. Okay, so that's three plus six. That's about 10 minutes. 
of music right there, and that doesn't even include the Lord's Supper part. Okay, I can't do it in the time I got left. Doggone it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hold on a second. got to get some of my uh, Mount Hermon Red um, blessed wine. Uh, it's actually from, and it actually is Yarden. Yarden. It's I, I like to use anytime I take communion. I like to use the Mount Hermon Red wine. You can get it from Kosher Wines. It's actually called kosherwines.com, and um, I just get you know because it, it lasts forever because you, you know you're not like you know chugging it down or whatever. Hold on a second. Ugh. Okay, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And yes, I light candles and I do all the things. I don't fake any of this stuff. It's all real. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> I have here um, the uh, Yarden is the name of the winery. And um, it says on the front, oh, it has like uh, one of those really old, uh, you know, like the, the lamps that they used, the oil lamps that they used to use uh, way back during Jesus's time. They look very different than you might think. But it has a picture of one of those, <clears throat> which, by the way, is uh, anyway the same type of a lamp that was referred to in um, the Wise and Foolish Virgins, for those who understand. Uh, it, and it says on it, Herman, real, real big letters, and then it says underneath it, Mount Herman Red, Galilee, Red Wine, and this particular vintage is 2020. Which, of course, was a really fine year. <laughs> Praise God. But anyway, let me go ahead and pour a little bit of it here. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Hallelujah. And I hope that everybody is listening right now. Let me look at the time. Good. We got plenty of time for this. All right. Let's at least do this. Very important. Very important. Got the wine ready. Praise God. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, and by the blood of the Lamb of God, our Lord and Savior, in Jesus' mighty name, we decree and we plead with your courts, in Jesus' name, that any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior that attempts to come against us at the moment, that they set their wills against us, in Jesus' name, we decree the fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn them in the horrific and screaming agony, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We declare that fire to launch down and to burn any earthly weapons or spiritual weapons raised against us. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for, for warrior angels to stand guard uh, at, our, at our dwelling places, to follow us wherever we go. Father, if we are in the workplace, we pray in Jesus' name that you will send a strike team of angels in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. On a search and destroy mission to ferret out all indirect attempts to come against us, Father God, and to strike these demons of darkness, deaf, blind, and dumb. Place them under arrest and cast them into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them in the screaming agony. Yes, we have come to punish you before your time, demons of darkness, for greater things than these shall we do. Because our King has gone unto the Father. John 14, 12, 13, and 14. Hallelujah, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Surround us with your holy fire. Surround our loved ones with your holy fire. Father God, we pray that you will save their souls. And we know that you will. And we give you praise. For you are not a man that you should lie. We thank you, Father, for saving their souls. We thank you for... We know that we will see them in heaven. We know that we will see them in heaven. And we praise you for it, Father. We praise you for it. Thank you, Father. 
We declare your fire to wrap itself like a fire tornado around our prayers, melting the firmament of the rock, scattering the demons in all directions, and following us wherever we go. We pray, Father God, that the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit will sustain that fire throughout the week. And those angels on that search and destroy mission will stay busy protecting us and our loved ones. In Jesus' name, we pray. And thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, I need to go back to, there it is. Praise you, Jesus. Here we go. All right. And with the time that we have left, let's take communion. Unfortunately, when I when another gadzillion dollar global company makes me go to Vegas, which I don't want to do, um, but they like me and they ask for me by name for some wacky reason. But anyway, um, let's go ahead and do this and worship our our Lord Jesus and our Father. This is awesome. Hold on just a second. I'm just queuing it up. There we go. The Lord's Supper. Father, before we proceed into the Lord's Supper, we pray in Jesus' name. Father, we confess that we are seeped in sin. We are utterly unworthy. We seek ye first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, Father, not ours. And we pray that you will purify us, cleanse us of all of our sins, even our presumptuous sins. If we have any, we pray we do not. Father, look upon our hearts. Help us to have humble and contrite spirits at all times. Help us to be full and gushing with love because that is the bond of perfection. Help us to understand the magnitude of the responsibility of being a royal priesthood in your kingdom, even as we execute upon our duties here on this earth. Purify us, Father, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he said, he broke and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, 
You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Ami, Vadodi, Vadodi Li. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. Oh, and by the way, Mount Hermon Red is actually a pretty good wine. I do enjoy a good dry wet rye. But this is for communion. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Um, looking at my calendar, got to go to Atlanta. First time I've traveled in over a year. Have no idea what to expect from the airport. Um, let's see. 9, 10, 11. I got to be there. And they're going to make me do all their festivities into the night. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for my job. I mean that. And then I got to fly back on the 12th. So I'll definitely be able to do, or I got to be careful with the word definitely. If it's God's will and I make it back to the house and the entire office isn't destroyed and the shelf didn't fall down and the wires aren't all broken, then um, I will hopefully be able to do a prayer vigil next Friday at 7 o'clock. We'll be able to do some of the more traditional prayers. And um, and on that note, praise God. Thank you all for joining. I hope that you were blessed because it's why I do this. And I, I hope it inspires you. I hope it really, really, really hope it inspires you because God is so unbelievably awesome. But until until we um, transcend the flesh in our reading of the Word, we'll never begin to comprehend how mightily blessed we all actually are. Be blessed in the name of Jesus, I pray, and your loved ones. And thank you for mentioning me in prayer. It may be the only reason I'm still here. God bless you all. And I'm hoping to see you next Friday, Lord willing. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice. 
as we lift your name on high. Renew our mind, renew our soul, remove the scars from our past and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpets sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride. To set her free. Watch us as we trim our wicks. Our lamps are full. Our hearts are right. Like those five wise virgins, we will be. Your bride awaits thee patiently. Longing for that blessed sound that will rise. The churches gathered, we're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure, and while we wait, we will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure until you come back for your bride and set it free. 